Good morning, church family. How are we doing? Is, is the mic on? Are you getting, okay. I can't ever tell. Um, but that's okay. I don't have to. You guys have to. And when you're going, I understand what's going on here. So before I begin, you know, obviously uh, every, every good preacher likes to introduce what he's going to preach and all that kind of fun stuff. And it should be behind me on the board. No, it's not. That's okay. Uh, okay. What does it say? Character of God. That was mean and mean-spirited there, Pastor Steve. Um, so every time, so Pastor Steve's going to go on vacation, and, and some of you guys know that I love preaching the Word. Like, it's my favorite thing to do. I do it all the time. I do it four times a week during the, during the school year. I, I, I do it, I preach to my wife all the time. She's probably sick and tired of that. I know my oldest boy is tired of me preaching to him. And he needs preach. No, no, he's not. <laughs> but Pastor Steve said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm leaving here in a couple weeks. This is, this is a couple months ago. He said, I'm, I'm leaving here in a few, for a few weeks. Uh, does, does anybody here? He's talking to the elders. Does anybody want to preach? And I said, <laughs> me, pick me. And so when, whenever that happens, the first thing I do is, is kneel down and pray and figure out what does God want me to preach on. Now, I told the kids today in the, in the Sunday school, let me be honest with you guys. God never opens the clouds up and says, character, preach about my character. That never happens, right? But I get an idea, and I'm, and I'm assuming it's the Holy Spirit inspiration because you know, I'm a Christian, and, and there's some words in the, in, the, in the Bible that say about that kind of stuff. And so, all right, yeah, let's, let's try character. I thought, man, character, God's character. I've been a Christian for 35 years. I've been preaching for six years. I know God's character. Man, this is going to be easy. <laughs> so real quick, you guys think, I'm talking to everybody. New people, old people, beautiful people like you guys are. Close your eyes and say, the character of God is, and finish that sentence. The character of God is. By a show of hands, open your eyes now, and look, this is going to be interesting. How many, th- how many thought omnipotent? How many thought omnipresent, all present? How many thought loving? Oh, that's low-hanging fruit right there, right? <laughs> Some of you even saw hands go, but oh, I better get my hand up because God's loving, right? How many of you guys thought righteous, just, merciful, gracious? All the, and Paul's like, I got all those, buddy, right? And I bet he did, right? Now preach on those things in 30 minutes. Go. Because he's all those things and so much, much more. The Trinity alone, which is God's character, is three persons, one God. It's probably a sermon series, I don't know, 52 weeks long. <laughs> and I, so this is what happened to me. I started thinking about this. Okay, what am I going to talk about? Do you guys know? I looked it up. ESV version of the Bible. That's what I'm preaching from today. 31,102 verses. And most of them contain God's character. So we're going to begin at Genesis 1-1. Open your Bibles up. Actually, we are going there, so you can open your Bibles up there. But You see the point? See the problem? Uh, by the side, if you, wanted to, if you wanted to memorize all of God's Word, it would only take you 85.21 years. If you want to speed that process up, you just need to learn 85.21 verses every day. That would be the book of Colossians. And if you do that in a year, you got all of God's Word memorized in your mine, right? So you can see the, the issue I, I, I very fastly ran into. Uh, I don't know if fastly is a, a good application of that word there, but 
it, it came, and I was, by, by this Wednesday, which I re- that's when I started writing my sermon, I thought, this, this is getting out of hand, you know. This is out of control. Because <laughs> all these cool verses were popping in my mind. God is just. God is righteous. God is holy. God is good. God is this and so, so much more. And every time I turn the corner in the Bible, guess what happened? Another character attribute, you know. And at the point where my wife said, would you just calm down? <laughs> I'm like, you don't understand. I got 30 minutes. That's like a character attribute every two seconds. And I still have more to talk about. And here's how uh, it's funny that, that um, my brother started talking about praises. What do you have to praise for? You know, and, and Annie. What, 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 how has God been faithful? Because I didn't want to share it, share it the other, you know, a few moments ago to kind of get the cat out of the bag. But here's how God's faithful. This morning at 5 o'clock, I still didn't have the... Folk, the, the bulk of the sermon written. I knew the verses. I knew where I was going to go, all that kind of fun stuff. But I was still like, is that, that's, that, I don't want to list this thing off. I don't want to go, okay, God is this and that, right? I don't want to just write, read the Bible verses and go skipping around. And God, what, what do you, and this is, this is when it hit me. God, what do you want me to know? And like a ton of bricks. You know, I won't tell you what came out because I'll tell you here in a second. But it was like, Oh, 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 oh my goodness. And so you guys get the first-hand witness of what I learned this morning at 5 o'clock in the morning as I was stressing over what am I going to say to these awesome people, right? And so here I go. That was just that was my pre, pre-opening intro. Um, some of you guys have heard this story. Some of you guys have not. If you don't know me, I am Pastor John Doyle. And I've been going to Trinity Bible Fellowship for, oh, hold on. Yeah, I'll allow it. Uh, let's see. We, we started going here in 2006. Then we left here when we went to San Diego in 2009. We came back because Steve's such an awesome preacher. Not really. Anyway, just kidding. He's, he's awesome. That's why you guys are packed in here like sardines. Uh, he's an awesome preacher. But we came back in 2015. We've been here ever since. Um, and so I love this church. I love this church body. Um, and so I said years ago, my testimony, and one of my testimony things was this picture. I don't know if you can see it. Have you ever, have you ever seen this picture? Okay. There was a, there was a, a, when I was a little boy, probably about three to four, I know that because I, my mom told me later on we moved and stuff. I lived in San Diego, California, Southern California area. And for some reason, we were at this, this place. And, and as a three-year-old, I didn't know what it was. And I knew, I, now I know that it's a thrift store, a church thrift store. And it was about the size of this building. To a three-year-old, do you know how big this building looks? It's like gargantuan, right? And so as a three-year-old, I'm looking at all these tables filled with stuff. We're talking clothes and books and small appliances and some large appliances and beebles and baubles and all this stuff. And my little three-year-old brain <laughs> looked, looked at this table and found a card with this picture on it. And I asked my mom, who is this? And she said, that's a picture of Jesus. I said, oh. So what's the next question that popped in my little tiny three-year-old, three-year-old brain? Who's Jesus? That's a good question, right? And my mom said, God. What's the next question? What's a God, right? Three years old, you know, you'd expect that. By the way, everybody in this room probably has asked the very same question. That's not an not a unknown question, right? 
And so I asked my mom if she would buy this for me, and she did. I don't know if it was a quarter or 50 cents. I have no idea. It's gone. <laughs> Jesus is back. He didn't, he didn't leave. So I asked my mom, can you buy this for me? She did. And so uh, some of you guys know my childhood. I moved from the time of that time to the time I graduated high school. I moved over 39 times, three different states, right? Uh, I had 14 dads. You can figure out how, how stable my life was, right? But here's the coolest thing. That picture that I got at that day for the rest of my life until I graduated high school, because I since have lost that, that picture, but it was the first thing that got taken down and packed away, and it was the first thing that got put up in my room. And Jesus was always with me. Now, he, we know the truth. He's always with us, right? That's one of the character traits, by the way. He's, he's ever-present. Uh, but this picture was that symbol, right? I didn't know anything other than that. I didn't know about feeding the, feeding the fish. I didn't know, you know, the crucifix. I had no idea. I was a three years old, three years old. I didn't know anything of that. And by the way, I didn't go to church for a while after that. But I knew that this was Jesus. And who was he? God. That's what I, you need to know more. Okay, let's go to baptism. All right, we'll do some more here. I knew that, but I didn't know anything else, and I didn't have to know anything else. And as a three-year-old childlike faith, I knew he was God, right? I didn't know anything else about him. I didn't know his justice. I didn't know his righteousness. I didn't know his love. Matter of fact, I knew the opposite from my, my bringing, my upbringing, but I knew that he was God, and that's all I needed to know. So I want everybody to go to first, keep your thumb in Genesis 1. We are going there. But I want everybody to go to Exodus 3, 14 and 15. Exodus chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. Because this, this sallies that point home. God said to Moses, I am who I am. Stop right there. Is everybody's words there bold? Right? I am who I am. And that's all we need to know. At three years old, that's what I knew. Jesus was God. I knew nothing else. But Jesus, or God is saying to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent you, has sent me to you. Verse 15, God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel. Then, Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all, throughout all generations. Here's how powerful our God is. Here's how awesome our God is. No matter what his character is, here is the key that I hope you never, ever lose in your life. He is God. That's all we need to know. He is wonderful. He is just. He is righteous. He is holy. He is loving. He is all those things and so much, much more. But he is the I am. He is God. Amen? Amen. Isn't that awesome? Like, like seriously, if we just would remember that every minute of every day, oh, that's an, I'm not going to do this because he's God. Oh, good, got it. <laughs> Life would be so much easier, especially for me, Right? But what I love about this, you guys, is this is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. Guess what we're doing right now? We're remembering God. Isn't this cool? Today, Sunday, the 7th of August, we are remembering this 
the fact that he is God. Man, how powerful is he? We're still remembering him. How awesome is he? We're still remembering him. It's not going away. It's not going to go. Well, I'm hoping, well, next week I'll be here again, and I'm probably going to talk about God. (laughs) And I'm going to go on a limb here, and when Steve, (laughs) it is church, John, and Steve's going to come back, and guess what he's going to talk about? And guess what he's going to talk about the next week? And the next week, and, the ne- and it's just not going to end. Why? Because he is that awesome. He is the great I am. And that, if we know nothing else today, that's what we need to know, right? But let's go ahead and talk. Since we're here, and I've got another 15 or so minutes, let's go ahead and go to uh, Genesis chapter 1. And some of you know, by the way, Steve, this is for you, I'm not going to talk about Romans today. Right? I know. You guys are going, what? No, I just mentioned it, but that's it. We're, we're going to get it right out there. Next week, we're camping out in Romans. <laughs> and Colossians. So if you want to mark your Bibles, go ahead. So as I read these words, it's going to be long-winded. I'm so sorry. No, I'm not. I, it's God's word, so I'm never going to apologize for, for preaching God's, or speaking God's word. Um, but I want you guys to start thinking about who God is as I'm reading these words, right? What is the character of God? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Do you got a good picture of God right now? In the beginning. He was there before the beginning. God is eternal. God is always going to be there. He was there before the beginning. He was there when it began. He began it. And he's going to be there long after it ends. God will never depart from us. God will never forsake us. He was always there. He will always be there. That's a huge character point. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Can anybody else create light other than a switch by saying, let there be light? Let there be light. Let there be darkness. Light, darkness. No. It doesn't have the same effect. That's how powerful our God is. He is, matter of fact, he's all-powerful. He's all-powerful. God called the light day. Oh, I'm sorry, I skipped some. And God saw that the light was, everybody say it together. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. He shows his character in just the first day. How powerful he is, how always present he is, how he's never going to leave. He'll always be there. Everybody skip down to 9. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. He made dry land. (laughs) He just told the waters, recede. And they receded. And gathered in one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. Verse 10. God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together. He called seas. And God saw that it was good. Skip on down to verse 14. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let there be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. Let them be, in, be lights in the expanse of the heavens and, be, and to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them up in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth to rule over the day 
and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was, and there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. Stop right there. The sun that we probably take for granted, unless it's scorching us, or in the middle of February it's gone (laughs) and we're freezing. We probably can Google it and explain how it works. Helium, hydrogen, nitrogen, da, 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 right? Fusion, fission, yeah, right? And we get light. Does that take the strength that God had to use with his mind to get that sun in there? Does that take that out of the way? Does that demystify the fact that that sun comes up, is going to come up tomorrow if God wills it? Or not if God wills it? Or the fact that it has moved backwards in, in some parts of the Bible when God willed it? God at will. With, by the way, has he fashioned these things yet? Has he put them there with his... No. What did he use? He spoke these things into existence. His very mind created these things. Uh, scientists have discovered... You guys know the, the, the type of stars, right? Our star, our star is a yellow, yellow, uh, yellow star, right? It's the sun. There's red stars. There's blue stars. There's white dwarfs. There's black holes. There's all those kind of... Guess who put them there? Yeah, if, we had our, if our sun was a red dwarf, or a red giant, rather, a red giant, was the biggest star that scientists have found using the Hubble telescope and all that kind of stuff, it would gobble all the planets up, including Pluto. That's how big these, these things are. Who put them there? God. It's pretty cool. I don't know if you guys else are geek, if you guys are geeking out about that, but I am. Everybody skip down to 20. And God said, let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great creatures and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds and every, every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was... You guys have seen the theme, I hope. And God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply... And fill the waters in the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds and livestock according to their kinds and everything that creeps on the, on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was? Wow. At this point... What do we know about God? He's good. I'm so glad you guys said that. <laughs> I was thinking one more verse will really... No, no. Yeah, he's good. God's good. Not only is he good, you guys, how do we know what good is? From God. We look at God, right? Birds, the creatures, the, the teeming swarms of things, right? The sun, the stars. I'm a survival instructor, or used to be a survival i got to stop saying that. I'm actually a youth pastor. Uh, I was a survival instructor, and every week I'd teach somebody how to use the stars for navigation, both at night and during the day, right? You guys are thinking, stars at day? Yeah, it's called the sun. It's a star. It's okay. It rises where? In the east. It sets where? In the west. So if that's east and that's west, then that's got to be south and that's got to be north. I now know where I'm at, right? Now you guys... That's north and that's south. The, the audience is south. I was wondering why. Knut's like, that's wrong. I wasn't a very good survival instructor. Now I'm a youth pastor. 
But I used to teach the sun and stick method of how to find north and south, east and west. And I used to teach the, how to use a wristwatch with the sun, how to, uh, how to navigate by stars. By the way, you can use any star in the sky to navigate if it's on your way, but only do it for 15 minutes. Why? Because the Earth rotates a move. Yeah, right. So some people didn't know that, and they would go around in circles. <laughs> and I was a very mean survival instructor. Sometimes I'd let them go in circles. Yeah. You know. I'm a pretty mean youth pastor. So. so my whole point is this. We know God is good. We know he's eternal. We know he is forever. Everything else comes from his goodness. How can we trust him? Because he's good. How do we know he's going to be merciful to us when he says he's going to be merciful to us? He's good. How do we know that God won't forsake us? He's good. If you know nothing more, nothing else about God, he's always going to be there, and he's good. And he's God. And that's all we need to know. That's all we need to know. James verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 17 says it best. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. I've read that verse a bunch of times. Steve has read that verse a bunch of times. And I never caught that last part. That last part. It will not change. There will be no variation or shadow due to change. God won't change. If he's good today, he was good yesterday. And if he's good yesterday, he'll be good tomorrow. Take that to the bank. You know? Mark 10, verse 18, Jesus is speaking. He says, Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except for God alone. By the way, Jesus said that. That's interesting. I'm not even going to explain that one. (laughs) Psalm says it best. And I didn't write down the psalm, but I got the verse, 68. You can go find it. It's somewhere. You guys are, excuse me, I'm so much on autopilot. It's not even funny. You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. And because God's good, because he's not going to change, because he's always going to be with us, because of all of who he really is, the character of who God is, we know that we can praise him without reservation, without holding anything back. Matter of fact, we should praise him continually because he deserves it because of who God is. And if we go to Psalm 145, you don't have to turn there. I'll I'll read it off. Verse 7, They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. By the way, two of God's character traits. Psalm 106, verse 1, Praise the Lord! Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. There's a few more of his character traits right there. God's awesome. Everybody go to Ezekiel 34, 2 through 6. Ezekiel chapter 34. Um, in my reading, so I'm, I'm doing the year, year through the Bible again. Um, and praise God, I didn't stop at numbers this year. I made it through to Ezekiel. I'm, I'm almost through Ezekiel. Um, that's a tough book, let me tell you. That's, yeah. Jerusalem stinks. Can I say that in front of the pulpit, Steve? Yeah, he stinks, right? 
So I'm going to read this, and I want you to just kind of listen to it for a second. And then I'm going to twist it just a bit to fit what we're talking about. And you guys are well, you can't do that with the Word of God. You'll see what I'm saying here. It's okay. It's okay. I'm a pastor. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Not true. Son of man, this is verse 2. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, thus says the Lord God, Ah, shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves, not, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourself with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought. And with force and harshness you have ruled over them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth with none to search or seek for them. See, God's admonishing even the lowly shepherds of Israel. He's already, if you've not read Ezekiel, five chapters earlier he started admonishing Egypt, Tyre, Sidon, all these different, and, and the rulers and, and all that. And he's gotten to the, the, the lowly sheep, the lowly shepherds, right? But listen to this. He does, God does not put himself before us. In other words, you eat the fat, you clothe yourself with wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. See, God feeds us. His character is revealed in this, you guys. What he expects is actually who he is. He strengthens the weak. When we're, when we're weak, when, are, when is he the strongest? When we're weak. And when we're the weakest, what does he give us? His strength. Well, today we prayed for healing. Why do we do that if he's not going to heal us? Right? So he's a healer. When we're injured, when we're wounded, he bounds us up. Mental, physical, spiritual. He, he does those things for us, right? He brings back those who have strayed. How many of you guys in this room, show of hands, have sinned sometime in the last, in the last four years? <laughs> I had to hedge my bet on that one, sorry. <laughs> then why are you in the pews if you're a sinner? Dirty, rotten sinners. Because he heals us, he forgives us, he redeems us. Over and over and over. That's, how, that's the character of our God. Long-suffering, patient. There's some more character traits there. He seeks the lost. And he sends us to go find them. Why? Because our God's awesome, and he expects that. His sheep will not be scattered. I hope so. <laughs> they will not be scattered. He protects them. He focuses them so they don't wander. We're doing that right now. He is the good shepherd. Exactly what he expects from the shepherds in the fields, he does. That is his character. That is who our God is. That should be a comfort. And I hope it is. And if you don't know that comfort, if you're thinking, I don't understand what you're saying, that's okay. Um, talk with the person who brought you here or, or talk to Pastor Steve or myself or any of the elders. What you need to know is that our God chose his son to come down to this earth, and our God chose his son to be the object of his wrath, and our God 
allowed that to happen. And he was given all the wrath that everybody in this room and this world from that eternity on deserved. And Jesus Christ, being the sinless man, sinless man, took that wrath upon his shoulders in the most brutal way in history. By the way, it's written in the, in the Bible if you want to know. And he died. And when he died, he took all of that wrath, all of that sin, all of our sins, past, present, future, all of us, every human being that ever lived and will live, he took all of that away and he took it down to Sheol, took it down to hell, and he left it there. And on the third day, he rose again. And that is the triumph, isn't it? And when he rose, he left your sin and you are clean. And if you believe that with your heart, truly believe that with your heart, you will, the Bible says, you will be saved. And if you're saved, that's done. And that's how awesome our God is. I want to close with this. Genesis 3, chapter, I'm sorry, chapter 3, verse 8 and 9. This is one of my favorite pictures of our God. <clears throat> and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid, hid themselves from, from the presence of the Lord, God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called the man and said to him, said to him Where are you? See, God knew already what had happened two verses earlier. He knew why they were hiding. But what I love about this is God's walking in the cool of the garden. Doesn't it just sound so pleasant? And it was, it's familiar. Like God's done it a bunch of times. It's not the first time he ever did it. And he's walking in the cool of the garden. Oh, how refreshing. And Adam and Eve hid themselves because of shame, because of, because of sin, because they did wrong. They, they were disobedient. And yet God still said, where are you? Where are you? That is the picture of how, that is the character of our God, you guys. No matter what you've done, no matter what you're going to do, no matter what we, any of us have done, God's still going to say, where are you? And I, and I challenge us to, to, to answer him. I'm here. I'm here, God. Please forgive me. And he's going to say, absolutely. I love you. That's the character of our God. Amen. Father God, thank you. Thank you for being so wondrous that it's hard to talk about you. Thank you for having so much to say that we would need thousands of church services to even dent it, Lord. You are an awesome God. You are a loving, righteous, holy, wonderful, good God. We are not worthy to call ourselves your children, but you call us proudly your children, Lord. You've made a way so that we can be your children. And I pray, Lord, for those that, that may, may wonder at that, may, may doubt that a little bit because they're, they think they're that bad. I pray, Lord, that you'd minister to them, that you would tell them that, that they are sons and daughters, that you'd show them that they are sons and daughters. And so, Father, I just pray that you, you'd be with each one of us today, that we take this message, God, and share it with, with 100 people, 10 people, 3 people. Give us, give us the passion. Give us the strength, Lord. We rely on you and we love you because you first loved us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.